With WXPR News, I'm John Burton reporting. The town of Lank to Flambeau is looking into different route possibilities around roadblocks on tribal land. On January 31st, the Lank to Flambeau tribe put up barriers on four roads on tribal land that block access to private property within the reservation. The tribe says it's been trying to negotiate with the town and involve title companies for nearly 10 years after right-of-way agreements ended. Without a good-faith offer, it won't lift the barriers. WXPR's Katie Thorson gives us an update. At an emergency town board meeting last week, the Lacta Flambeau Town Board made an offer of $64,000 to the tribe, as well as future gas tax payments for road maintenance on the four roads at the heart of the issue. That offer was declined by the Lacta Flambeau Tribal Government. At this week's town board meeting, town chairman Matt Galke said the town board will continue to try to get into some type of negotiations with the tribe. In the meantime, the board voted to direct the town lawyer to look into condemnation of fee lands for alternative routes on the roads in question. In other words, the town wants to consider creating new routes to the blocked properties, routes that wouldn't cross tribal trust land and therefore couldn't be blocked by the tribe. The board also hired a law firm based in Green Bay to get an opinion on applicable federal law for this situation. The Lactoflambeau Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians put out a statement after the town's offer last week. It didn't directly address the offer, but gave insight into how the tribe came to the conclusion it is owed $20 million to resolve the right-of-way issues. It says it took into account all the fees and expenses the tribe has incurred trying to secure an agreement, as well as the cost of illegally using tribal lands over 10 years since the easements expired. You can read their full statement at WXPR.org. Katie Thorson, WXPR News. Governor Tony Eber's budget includes $100 million for the Artistic Endowment Fund. Interest earnings generated from these funds will be used to support the arts across Wisconsin directly from this foundation and through the Wisconsin Arts Board. George Sogros is executive director of the Wisconsin Arts Board. You know, essentially, whatever interest earned by the Endowment Foundation Half of it is scheduled to go to the Arts Board, and half will stay with the Foundation to make awards as well. So in any event, it's a significant increase from where we are. The Wisconsin Arts Board would also see its funding increase by about $550,000 over the biennium. Sogros says the board is mostly known as a grant-making agency that awards money to artists and art organizations but they also provide support to organizations. The arts are always um, looking for resource and never more than after COVID and things haven't yet responded um, or returned to whatever normal will look like. And so there are challenges, fiscal challenges for the field. And there has not been an increase to the arts board's budget on the state side, a, a significant one since prior to 2011. So Gross says the board's budget funding comes from the National Endowment of the Arts to be matched by the state. This funding still needs to be approved by the Republican-controlled legislature. Republicans will work over the next four months to rewrite and pass the two-year state budget. It would then need approval from Governor Evers. The Joint Finance Committee formally accepted Governor Evers' budget proposal Wednesday, but will pretty much scrap it. Republican State Senator Pat Teston of Stevens Point said they promptly stripped it to the bare bones. We are not going to be operating off of what the governor has proposed. We are going to start off from the uh, base budget that we're currently under, and we're going to build off of that. 
Tenston says the committee doesn't see the governor's proposed spending levels as sustainable. Our fiscal bureau estimates that if we were to adopt what the governor has proposed by the fiscal year of 27, we'd be looking at, at minimum, a $700 million shortfall in budget deficit. Teston says the committee remains committed to a flat tax proposal, which he says will keep Wisconsin competitive for jobs and businesses. When you take a look at our tax climate here in the state, we're about middle of the pack nationwide. And so if we want to be competitive and attract workers from outside of the state, attract new investments and businesses, we need to be competitive and make the case as to why they should come here. The committee will spend the next few months producing that budget, which should be ready for the governor's signature or line-item veto pen by this spring. Rural emergency departments statewide are finding it harder and harder to respond to calls. The Anigo Fire Department said they've had to expand their coverage area further and further after two volunteer departments completely shut down. It means their coverage area is now over 700 square miles of Langlade County. The inability to attract and retain volunteers in rural areas is decimating EMS service coverage across the state. James Small is the Rural EMS Outreach Manager for the Wisconsin Department of Rural Health. Now we've reached a point here where as there's less volunteers, as people have aged out of the system and and so on, they're just not in a position to um, be able to continue on without paid staff. But in many cases, the local municipality also doesn't have the ability to generate the funding to pay for that. Local departments said state funding may be a first step. Corey Smith, Assistant Chief with the Anigo Fire Department. One of the things that needs to change is maybe how municipalities are, are funded. Um, that's a big push right now. Despite the difficulties, the department said they're committed to giving dependable care no matter where people live. They encourage anyone who may want to be an emergency responder to call their local departments. This story is courtesy of WAOW Television. A federal judge orders a Merrill woman to prison for three years for selling methamphetamine. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Wisconsin says 35-year-old Nicole L. Schultz pleaded guilty to conspiracy to distribute methamphetamine in March of last year. Prosecutors say investigation showed L. Schultz would drive to Oshkosh to pick up the meth, then bring it back to Merrill and sell it to a variety of customers. The meth was being mailed to Oshkosh from Arizona. Others involved in the case had previously pleaded guilty and were sentenced to federal prison. For WXPR News, I'm John Burton reporting.